Hi, everybody. Welcome to Pockets Full of Soup, the storytelling show. I'm your host, Jared Petty. I'm delighted. I am intrigued. I am indeed thrilled to bring you this week our very special guest. Joey Noel. Joey Noel. Hello. Joey Noel. Yes, Joey Noel. Folk, folks know you here. Uh, a lot of, We share uh, a lot of the same audience. Uh, yes. Uh, because you good folks at Kind of Funny really just helped helped give this show its start. And you at Kind of Funny, what do you do there now? I am. Well, that is a complicated question. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, your title? My title is community manager. Um, but I also run a lot of our social media. Mm-hmm. And I'm working on a lot of our merch stuff these days. And I feel like when you work somewhere like Kind of Funny where there's seven people people you kind of end up doing a lot of a lot of everything so seven people now seven people which is crazy so you are employee number two employee number two yeah all right right after kevin is it is it on your card do you have a card with employee number i don't have a card we're not that fancy yet. <laughs> okay. When you have a card, is it going to say employee number two? I hope so. I will fight. There's. It gets a little tricky just because I was a contractor for that first section. Oh. And I wasn't full time. So Andy and Cool Greg might try and fight me for that number two spot, but. They would be foolish. Exactly. I yeah. feel like I'm. I'm going to fight for that one. That that would seem a poor decision. I believe you could defeat them in single combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I can defeat them in everybody's love golf like I did today. Oh, there you go. You, you, she does it all, ladies and gentlemen. So, Joey, I, I'm really, really glad you were willing to come on here. Um, how has it been uh, this transition to making working and now working in this industry yeah. with a full time part of your life? What's it like? I love it. It's great. It's definitely been a transition of. Because I came from higher education, yeah. which is a very different... <laughs> what did you do in higher ed? Um, I worked for the university that I graduated from, mm-hmm. and I did their communication management, and I worked in accounting. Okay. So this is definitely a totally different wheelhouse. Um, but what's, what's one prominent difference between working in higher educational communication and working <laughs> uh, where you do now? Um, what I did today, which was plan a stream with our subs and play everybody's golf definitely would not have flown in any way shape or form at my other job no this one's way more fun don't think that's gonna happen yeah my other job i just got to like answer phone calls and have parents yell at me about how college is too expensive (laughs) so (laughs) this is way more my style long ago i also worked in higher ed what did you do i i worked i was just an adjunct uh but i taught i was a adjunct professor for i think seven years um, mm. I did it for a very long time. I really enjoyed it. What were you teaching? Um, I was teaching uh, biblical studies uh-huh. uh, and theology, uh, mostly first and second year stuff, okay. um, or stuff, yeah, you know, or intro level classes for people mm-hmm. in other programs. So I taught in the, uh, I taught in the uh, adult education program, the masters of arts and teaching program. I taught in some of the standard programs. And I liked 101 level stuff quite yeah. a bit. I really enjoy larger classes where you're surveying stuff and you get that opportunity to help pique somebody's interest in something they may not otherwise even know they're interested in. Yeah. Um, if you do it well, you've got a chance to, to draw somebody into something they never knew they wanted to know about. Totally. Um, of course, you could also fail objectively, as I did sometimes. And uh, <laughs> then the poor student is, is bored for 15 weeks. But I enjoyed it. And biblical studies in, in the environment I taught it in a, in a liberal arts school is less a doctrinal a discipline than a historical, archaeological, mm. and critical thinking, exegetical, interpretive discipline. Okay. It's a very different thing. It's not like, and here's what happened. It's about how to think about what you're seeing here. Mm. Um, here are ways to go at this critically, analytically, Yeah. to draw 
reasonable and rational conclusions from it, not necessarily the same ones that I do. Interesting. That's biblical studies. I wish I would have had a biblical studies teacher like you. Mine was definitely not that interesting. No. No. Oh, what? what, what, I didn't know you took a biblical studies class. Yeah. So I went to a very, very teeny tiny small Christian university in Orange County. So it was mandatory to take a lot of our, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, it wasn't mandatory to be a biblical studies minor like it is some of the other universities I looked at. But it was definitely required you had... I think we had to take like six classes over the years. Yeah, I had a lot of the students in the mandatory Bible classes. And that was why I I tried to open up the interest a bit because I knew they they were being forced to be there. Yeah. So why give them a bad impression of something when when you have a choice? Exactly. It's kind of, I, all the gen eds are a little bit tough because it's like, no one really wants to choose to be here, but if you're going to be here, you might as well make it a little bit interesting and learn something. Try, yeah. yeah. It's not always possible, but uh, it can be done. Exactly. Uh, in a lot of classes anyway. What, yeah. what was your favorite class in college? My favorite class in college. So I was a cultural anthropology major. Whoa! Yeah. And I, so I always wanted to do community development. Mm-hmm. Um, I was mostly thinking third world development or developing country development. Okay. Um, so I guess like, some of what I was, what I learned transferred. Um, I really, which one did I like the best? I liked a lot of, uh, pretty much any of the, my major classes, whether it be cultural anthropology or sociology, uh-huh. um, I found super interesting. I took a correction, sociology of corrections class Ooh, wow. um, where we went to one of the women's prisons in Corona, California, Oh my goodness. which was just, I had never done anything like that before. And I found that really really interesting and then as we came back in our next class session my professor was like hey do you guys remember talking to this woman she was like pursuing degree and stuff like that I was like yeah she's like I wasn't gonna tell you this before but she's one of the Manson girls we're like oh Oh, that gives a totally different context but I totally appreciate her not telling us and not having like preconceived notions and just you just met people exactly and Mm -hmm. hearing stories and seeing like what the rehabilitation process is like what surprised you about prison visiting it it I guess it was different too because it was a, it was like a, I don't, it was a, I don't remember exactly which, I'm sure there aren't that many women's prisons in Corona, California. I have so no idea. Someone could fact check me on this. I know but very little about prisons. It wasn't as scary as I was thinking it was mm-hmm. going to be because, I mean, my real only experience with prison is like what you see on TV and mm-hmm. I watch a lot of true crime stuff and it, they make it look very scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, the place that we went to wasn't like that. Like there were guards everywhere and very strict rules about what you could do and say and where. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody in there seemed that they were looking to make a better life for themselves. That's interesting. Um, and further themselves. So many of the women that we talked to were pursuing some sort of degree um, and wanting to learn. And when they got out, make different decisions. If you could go back in time and do it again, what would you have your degree in now? That's a really good question. I would probably say marketing or communication, something mm-hmm. that's a little bit broader. But there's always a part of me that loves sociology and all of the social sciences. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I would. I really enjoyed all the classes that I took and what I learned. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that I would change it necessarily. There's not always a lot of market value to a liberal arts degree, but I do take umbrage to the idea that it's useless. Mm-hmm. Um, learning how to think is helpful. Yeah. And learning how to think, not learning what to think, learning how to think. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time and a lot of work. Yeah. And 
can be very good for you. Um, it doesn't make you eminently employable, and an <laughs> skill is not always uh, hard to transfer that onto a resume. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it is, I know how to think. Like, yeah, but, but that's uh, for more on that. Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park: The Intelligence versus Intelligence. Well, there anyway, we'll move on from there. Um, all right, so I'm going to ask you that question. That's not really a question. It is, in fact, a statement, but it ends up leading to a question anyway. Which is, please tell me about somebody you're thankful for. I am thankful for a woman named named Carrie Garcia. Carrie Garcia, formerly known as Carrie Friesen, okay. when I first met her. See, she was Carrie when you met her. She was Carrie later on, but the yeah. last name changed. Yeah, she got married there in the middle. Okay, has three kids now. Okay, um, very important person. In my life, all through high school, specifically through high school, we've we talk less now, just uh-huh. based on circumstance. Friend, enemy, rival, nemesis, mentor, mentor, mentor. Oh, we're gonna yes. mentor this week. All right, well, let's yeah. Let's talk about. Let's go to the beginning then with Carrie and ask you. So mentoring is. Oh, okay, let's let's ask you this first. What's a mentor? Mentor for me is someone who is available. And she was my sounding board all through high school, I would say, of like, we, so I grew up in the church. Mm -hmm. And when I went into high school, like one of the high school group, one of the first things that happened was, hey, like we have signups for small groups for like Bible study groups. And then if you want to do that, sign up in the back. Did you go to religious high school or was just something that happened in your school? I went to a Catholic all girls high school and went to like a non-denominational Christian church. So a little little different Mm -hmm. culture wise there yeah quite a Um, bit of difference in those two two cultures yeah so uh, i was at like just a non-denominational christian church and i'd like happened to be sitting in the back that day which was like kind of weird yeah um so i went and i signed up for the like new like intern kind of person i was Mm -hmm. like she looks fun she looks cool and she was an intern there at the catholic school at our church or at the church my i apologize Mm -hmm. so yeah all of our like high school and youth ministry interns were like post-college. So she had like, I think graduated from college a couple of years before. Was she from California? She is from, well, kind of, she's from Boston. Okay. And then uh, spent summers in Catalina Island in Southern California. Her parents have a camp, summer camp that they do there. So what brought her to an internship at your (laughs) non-denominational Christian church? She had graduated from college Mm -hmm. and her parents were family friends with my pastors. Okay. My uh, senior pastor. So we had like an internship program and she's like sure i got okay. this degree and i think i want to do youth ministry so mm-hmm. and specifically youth ministry that's where she was aiming yeah all right at the time at the I time think things have changed since then but at the time youth at ministry the time, was, that's where she was so when you yeah. met her she was the youth ministry intern and you were signing up for the small groups and you looked over and what drew you to her she like it was just like oh we have a new youth intern who's a girl that seems like a good choice How for a small you? group leader what? How old were you? I was a freshman in high school. Okay. So I had no, I had no other bearing. I didn't know any of the other small group leaders. So, so. for those that aren't familiar with with what a church small group is, can yes. you just could describe that? Because a lot of people don't grow up in these traditions. Yes. So I mean, I think how this was pe- like pitched was, oh, you're gonna do like a Bible study, so we'll have like X number of weeks in, whether it be a topic, a book of the Bible, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that like you go through a Bible like study, a, a topical group. Uh, I mean, that's what it was pitched as, and that's never what we ended up doing. What did you really end up doing? <laughs> we just ended up like hanging out and talking about our problems and having her help us and guide us through oh, those. Okay, who, so yeah. Uh, so it was you who? How many people in this small group? How I want to say two. Th- 
between six and seven. Meeting at the church or someplace else? Meeting at her apartment. At her apartment. Okay, yes. so it's very common in small groups to meet mm-hmm. in homes. So you and was it was it all girls? Was it mixed? All was girls, it... all freshmen. All girls, all freshmen, all people your age, people yeah. you knew? People I knew. Did you like them or not like them? Um, At the time, I liked them. <laughs> At the time you liked them. At the moment you liked yeah. them. And then you have this new, this the, you have Carrie. This mm-hmm. person's like, hey, she's new. Yeah. I'll go join her group. Exactly. What was your first interaction with Carrie like? Was it there at sign-up night? Was it the first group? Do you remember? I don't even remember what it was. Then let me rephrase that. What okay. is your first substantial memory of Carrie? My first substantial memory of Carrie has to be probably the first night that we met uh-huh. uh, or the first night we met as a small group. Okay. So you're in Carrie's apartment. Yes. We're in her apartment uh-huh. and every oh, week. Oh, wait. I'm going to interrupt. Let's okay. set the scene. What's Carrie's apartment like? It is. It's very much a post-college, <laughs> like moving out on your own apartment of not a lot of decor, a lot of mismatched stuff, but oh, always super welcoming, super homey. So, she so, had two so roommates at the time. Well-placed, cheap furniture. Yes. White walls. Yep. Not a lot of hangings. Yes. Those weird things that hang out over the inevitable sliding glass door. Exactly. That are, there's always one that's fallen off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, or that doesn't one, quite match up with blinds. everything else. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And you're together. You're kind of sitting in a circle. Hanging yeah. Out on the front, or, she always made us dinner. Always made you dinner. Which was really nice. (laughs) Now that I look back on things, I'm like, man, you did not have to do that. And probably as a youth worker, was not making a ton of money to have us all over every week. I had friends that did the same thing. Yeah. So it's like 15 or so year old Joey. Yeah. And a bunch of other 15 or so year old girls. Mm -hmm. And Carrie, and your first memory is in this apartment. We The first night we just all kind of hung out and got to know each other. Uh I think we were supposed to do like a study on like women of the Bible. So we all had our book and like pretty standard for like every time we started a new Bible study is like we were really great for the first week. And then like the second week we like attempted and then by week three we we're like don't even bring the book anymore we know that we're not going to get through this, this i is know that nobody else familiar. yeah no one else has done the reading we're just not there's no point in trying to pretend like you have okay <laughs> joey i didn't realize you grew up in a, in a in a christian tradition and i, I did. didn't know you were going to talk about this tonight but this is yes. i was a youth minister i was mm-hmm. you know this is all like like tickling my heart right now <laughs> um both both with memories of joy and horror yeah uh but mostly a thousand joy right percent. Now. So Carrie's there. What do you remember about her? I mean, what what made her stand out? Um, she just, I feel like, always went above and beyond of, I think, back to, like, what I was, like, at that age of, like, post-college trying to figure stuff out. Definitely not in a place, I don't think, to mentor other people. <laughs> like, especially, like, teenagers that are quite impressionable and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Not to mention that she made, she met with us every week. Okay. And I like look at my calendar now of like, I don't like my schedule is not that consistent. So the fact that she <laughs> prioritized us for four years is four incredible. Years. You yeah. met all through high school? All through high Same school. Same group? Same. Um, we like added people throughout the only like one or two people, but we stayed pretty consistent with that group and of people. you were constant and carry the whole time? The whole time. Wow. Yeah. And that, those years, those four years, some of the most formative moments of your life. Oh yeah. Those are some tricky four years and we had some, they were, there was a lot that happened in four years. Expound. Um, so my mom worked for our church. Oh. Fun fact, still does. Um, she works in youth ministry, so she's like the... Okay assistant to our youth pastor. Okay. Um, so the first two years that we were 
I was in high school. I had one youth pastor who I loved and adored. Um, and then he and his wife and his family left after my first two years. And we had a new youth pastor come in, which is always tricky mm-hmm. in youth ministry. Um, Can you explain why? Why it's tricky? Yeah. There is major attachments yeah. to people because you live, at least for me, so much of your life. Um, because whenever I'd go to work with my mom, like ministry is so weird in that like, I, w- I feel like I was at that church more than I was at home and mm-hmm. you always go in for other things and there's always so many activities that are going on. Yep. Um, so, so much of your time is spent with these people that when they leave and when it's something that you're not happy about or in a way that you're not happy about, it's very tough. Yeah. The relationship with between a youth pastor and a yeah. youth group can be paternal and maternal. Mm-hmm. It can be, it can be brother and sisterly. Exactly. It can be friendish. All those kind of mix up with each other. Te- mm-hmm. Teacher, student, they're yeah. all there. Some and then they're all severed the at once. Mm-hmm. And, and that's hard. And the new person comes in, they really face that yeah. challenge of no matter who they are, they are never Big issues. the one who left. Exactly. And yeah. Whether it's a good or bad situation. Exactly. So that happened in the middle of that. But, mm-hmm. but Carrie, was not that person because she was the intern. So Correct. she was consistent. Through yeah. All of it. She okay. was great and consistent. Yeah. Um, yeah. The second youth pastor, not a huge fan, <laughs> didn't conduct himself really well, oh. had some not good interactions with our family. So, okay. I, I will, I will stay away from that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm Nothing steer, super crazy. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to steer back to Carrie here for a second. Yeah. Um, so what was she good at? What made Carrie, a good minister and a good mentor. She was always available, mm-hmm. which I think is one of her gifts of she, she knew when like she read us all very well. Granted, she knew us for a very long time, um, but she was always, she could tell in the tone of a text message or a phone call of like, Oh, I need to make room for this person in my schedule right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and was always very keen on reading that. Um, What's a moment was, Carrie helped you? Um, when things in my life got a little crazy in between my junior and my senior year, um, we, my parent, because she was really close with my parents, obviously. Okay. She's around. She works um, working at the church with my mom and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We went on like a weekend getaway kind of thing with her and her fiance at the time. Um, so she and I were sharing a room. And it was like one night where we just like were laying in beds, like talking. Uh, for like until some ridiculous hour of the night, I'm like, I'm sure she was exhausted and probably just wanted to sleep, but was totally fine of like, nope, we're going to work through this. We're going to talk about all these things that you don't necessarily want to talk about, but you probably should talk about. Can you tell us about any of it? I understand if it's not something you're comfortable um, talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's just I, at that point I was struggling and I still to this day struggle with like um, people and leadership in the church in general and when they conduct themselves in ways that are not biblical. So, which is <laughs> that happens, doesn't yeah, it? I know, shocking that the church isn't perfect and it's not supposed to be. And what, so you were referencing a situation like that that was going on that you yes, were observing? Correct. What was her reply to you? I'm curious. How did she assuage or address your concerns? Um, she didn't have answers, which was kind of nice, of like, we don't, I don't know why that happens and stuff like that, but just processing through it and realizing that God is not those people got like God is bigger than all of that. Mm-hmm. And that's still something that's a little bit hard for me to separate and something I'm not, Yeah, I still struggle with and I probably will always struggle with. What's the struggle for you? Um, the struggle for me. And I think this has come out more recently than not is 
the separation or what seems like the there's it doesn't line up with what I see as biblical teachings Mm -hmm. and the way that Christians often portray themselves and what they align themselves with. Do you have a specific that's difficult for you? So easy. I feel like in this modern day of like, and by the way, if you don't want to talk about it, no, I'm totally fine with talking about it of like, Oh, a lot of people that I know that are Christian in my hometown are very conservative. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, when you say conservative, you mean politically, politically, socially, kind of all across the board um, of like, and they have very strong feelings on like gay marriage. I'm like, I don't know that the way that you are treating this group of people is necessarily what Jesus taught. Um, what happens when you've approached people with that thought? The, it's It all comes back to doctrine of like, well, this is what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's a lot of Old Testament. And that's not aligned necessarily with what jesus did or who he hung out with so they're referencing something from scripture and then yeah. you reference something else from scripture and, and then the that's kind of where the conversation like there's no <laughs> there's no answer necessarily it's kind of a standstill of like we just have different mm-hmm. interpretations of what takes priority but that definitely affects the way you interact with the people around you yes mm-hmm. how did carrie answer that concern for you I don't think she, she didn't answer it as much as she let me like process through it and was a sounding board of like, okay, but you can't write off all these people Mm -hmm. because of this one thing. Like, just like people don't write you off for things that they might not agree with you. Mm -hmm. Like, When you say write them off, write them off as people, write them off (laughs) as as humans of merit or write them off as. I guess it's, I don't know. It's very easy for me to just like shut down a little bit mm-hmm. and put my priority on like on the human interaction and mm-hmm. the way we treat people versus the doctrinal. So was Carrie thing. advocating putting yourself in the shoes of somebody else, even if that somebody else from your perspective was very, very wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's, I still struggle. Well, it's, I think, <laughs> I think the effort to do that is one of the hardest things yeah. people can do. Uh, I, I really do. I also think it's one of those valuable ones. You know, not everybody is not everybody's right. I know. Um, and, but, the, I think, and then right itself could be a problem. Go ahead. I'm sorry. There's no. And I think a lot of this is like there's not. It's all gray area. I don't well, know. Well, it, it, it's there's. So that's hard, too, though, because we can say that. But then we think about the way that the way a person believes, speaks and treats other people affects that other person's life. I mean, yeah, sometimes. You, you sit and you, I think about the way uh, when I was younger, mm-hmm. uh, I treated gay people versus now. Yeah. And I hurt people. I did. I, I, I said and did things that were harmful. I really believe that now. Um, so I, I can't call that a gray area, but I have to recognize that I was wrong about the way I acted. Yeah. And at that time and there's an old phrase from the from martin luther of all people who himself had all kinds of issues <laughs> um but he also had a lot of uh, a lot of intelligence and one of the things that martin luther said was when in doubt sin boldly and trust to the grace of god mm. uh, his recognition being that no matter how hard you try very few people in christianity realize that they're being harmful when they are yeah they only realize it after exactly i think there's a lot of truth to that i think that's 
humanity in general. That's true. <laughs> Extends beyond Christianity. Yeah, exactly. It? Yeah. Of man, you you in the moment think that you are a hundred percent doing the right thing, and then with experience and life, you look back and you're like, man, I was maybe totally off base there. What's the most important lesson Carrie taught you? I think the most important lesson she taught me was to be open and available for others until she always just had like an open door policy and was always ready to talk and willing to talk and always just want always let people process yeah she didn't necessarily try and like fix all of my problems as much as she was there to give me perspective that I was maybe not seeing in the moment what's something that drives you crazy about Carrie something that drives me crazy about Carrie she isn't well she's really hard to get a hold of now granted i'm not super great at keeping in touch with people and she's married and has three kids now so i think that she gets a little bit of a pass on that yeah um she is we are very different she's way more free-spirited than i am and i'm a little bit more like i like a schedule and i i so i like i do remember like whenever she would like change like whenever schedules would change and she wouldn't be able to meet with us because it was like her boyfriend now husband's birthday and they were going out i remember like i would be like irrationally upset yeah because it like our time together did mean so much to me and i'm like man i have got to put things in perspective and i think part of that was age of in high school, yeah. my world was very small. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. We 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 look back at ourselves in in school and go, "Oh man, how were we ever so upset about blank?" But when you're there, yeah, it's your whole world. Exactly. Contextually, that's everything. Mm-hmm. And 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 for every bit of perspective we might gain from a bigger world as we grow older, yeah. I also think we lose perspective on on how much individual moments mean. Exactly. So there's that. What drives Carrie crazy about you? Oh, what dri- I. I don't like talking about my feelings. <laughs> so I feel like she always had her and even more so then than now. So I feel like she always had her work cut out for her of like if something was wrong and I didn't necessarily want to talk about it um, of having to pull that out of me and not and being pretty stubborn of like, nope, nope, just going to shove that all down deeper. So I think that was probably her biggest grievance with me. Is Carrie still in the ministry? She is. In different ways. Mm-hmm. Her husband's like a teaching pastor now. So she's taken more of like a pastor's wife role and isn't necessarily connected to youth ministry. Pastor's spouses. There's, yes. there's a fun life right there. Not to mention that she has three kids. So she's kind of managing all of that. Minister spouse. All of the responsibility. None of the paycheck. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's just a lot of pressure and expectation and... For a more lot. on that, see my wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, there's a lot of truth. Or just, yeah. Did you ever think about going into ministry? No. No? How no. come? I had enough being on the back end of ministry growing up. I was like, no, I don't really want to do anything. Yeah. I You see all of the really good things and you see all of the not so great things. And I was like, I don't think this is where I want to be. Yeah. You and uh, you and Carrie, when are you going to see each other again? That is a great question. I have no idea. My parents just ran into her parents because they come up every so often. She lives in Southern California. I live up here now. She doesn't necessarily live in convenient Southern California for me to go down. Yeah. So I don't know. You don't know. I feel like on one time where I end up driving down, anytime I drive through, I usually hit her up to see 
mm-hmm. their schedules are. But it's so, especially with how crazy our schedules are right now and how crazy the ministry life is. Like yeah. I have a four hour window that I am driving through your city that I can arrange around and you have kids and church and. Let me ask you this. Okay. If you could arrange it any way you wanted. Yeah. If you could just wave a wand and both of you have time off and the money to make something happen. Yeah. What would you do? It would go back to how we started of just like, we're going to sit on your couch and talk and probably eat pizza and have Diet Cokes because that's what I always associate her with because I feel like that's what she always had for us. Um, And just talk and catch up. Joey, thank you. Thank you for telling us about Carrie. Thank you for telling us that story. I really appreciate it. uh, Thanks for letting me. I didn't know any of this about you or your history and it means a lot you sharing it. So thanks. Anytime. I know. I feel like this is part of my life that doesn't get on camera very often mm-hmm. so we talk, to share. no I, I think maybe we can talk more about it soon yeah. the, by the way you're a delight i Thank really you. appreciate it I'm enjoying this is so fun to sit down and chat with you we're gonna make a quick left turn here but before oh. we do okay uh, i want to uh, thank our patreon producers nick Rie and robert neider whose generous support makes this show possible every month and uh everybody who gives on patreon thank you i uh, because it's incredible you just keep doing this and you keep letting me do this thank you you're <laughs> amazing i really appreciate it um and now for the inevitable hey if you're watching on youtube you know that subscribe button down there please hit it please please it's really helpful and if you're on itunes or android right now that the rating means so much five stars is always the appropriate number uh (laughs) also a little written review thing i I know that you know you probably hear this constantly and and maybe you're fast forwarding through this right now but if you're not that's really helpful yeah. in a lot of ways. Thank you. Um, also, if you want to uh, send uh, a letter to the show, it's mail at pocketsfullsoup.com, mail at pocketsfullsoup.com. If you want us to read it on the air, please indicate that in your message. Uh, and thank you so much for that. Now, <gasps> Joey Noel. Yes. Are you prepared for the coming of instant noodles? I am. You are. I All think. Right. Well, it's pre- I mean... As prepared as I can be, which not knowing the questions isn't very prepared, but I feel like I'm okay. Well, we we have a stable we we rotate through. Okay. We might throw a few in there for questions. Okay. What is best sandwich? Best sandwich is turkey, avocado, and some sort of cheese. I'm not picky. Oh, not picky about the cheese. Pepper Jack, I guess, is my default. Turkey and avocado. Now, you're a Californian. I am a Californian. Okay. So, people that aren't from California, I don't think they understand avocados because I didn't until I moved here. (laughs) I thought I liked avocados before I came to California. Really? Do you not? I do. Okay. But I didn't know what avocados were. Oh. You get out east, they don't taste the same. Interesting. I don't think I knew that. Oh, no. They're they're like a different food. It's weird. California avocados are just better. They're pretty great. Yeah, they're amazing. Um, So turkey, avocado, some kind of cheese. Pepper Jack is my default. Don't care about the bread? Wheat bread. Wheat bread. Wheat bread. Why wheat? No tomatoes. I don't know. I don't don't know. Wheat bread's just always been my default. Any condiment? Mustard. Mustard. Mmm. That does sound good. I want one now. I know. Now I've got got the hungry. Exactly. Maybe that's what I'll do for dinner. (laughs) Oh, that's yummy. Oh, I do love a delicious. What is best dinosaur? dinosaur? Best dinosaur is a pterodactyl. Oh, well chosen. Why a pterodactyl? I mean, secretly, because I really like the pink Power Ranger, and that was (laughs) (laughs) What you brought in? Which is best pink ranger? Oh, Kimberly. Amy Jo Johnson. Amy Jo Johnson. Original. Original. Old school. For season one. 
I don't think I really know any of the other Pink Rangers. Okay, but 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 season one TV Kimberly. Yes, okay. absolutely. Right. And that's so weird because I feel like there's like a million episodes, but they still call it season one. I don't know. It's okay. So different than TV. Well, I, 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 to be honest, Power Rangers is this thing that was really loud that was uh, on in the background that my little brother watched. Okay. So uh, it, I'm not that I would consider myself above children's television, mind <laughs> you. I Darkwing Duck forever. Oh, um, let's get dangerous. But um, the Disney Channel side. Right. I, actually, that was Disney afternoon. That Disney was, afternoon. Yeah, that was Disney afternoon. Now, I, Darkwing Duck, Ducktales, Back, Batman, uh, the animated, animated series, series uh, Animaniacs, oh, Tiny wow. Tunes. Loved all that. I love Tiny Tunes. Oh, I love them so much. So and Pinky and the Brain Forever. Um, love it. It's a good animation. It's fun. Have you watched the new Ducktales? I have not, but oh, I've heard really good things about it. It's really good. Okay, it's on my list. It's really it's. it's like you just grab it right now and watch is, the first episode. Is it? It's on YouTube. Oh, they well, that makes the, it way easier. It's like a forty-five minute pilot, and it's all, they put the whole thing on YouTube. You just watch oh, it. Oh, maybe that's what I'll do tonight too. Oh, that's great. It's it's really good. At the beginning, you'd be like, "Oh, this is kind of cute," and then yeah. it just gets better and better. It's like, oh, mm. they they have a lot of confidence in it. They totally like build and build and build and build. I'm very excited about this. Also, David Tennant, very good screech. But ah. I'm talking instead of listening. I apologize. <laughs> so pterodactyl, because uh, so you, pterodactyl is best dinosaur. Pink pterodactyl in particular. Or? I mean, I'm not picky. I just. It just always and forever will be attached to the Pink Power Ranger. If you could travel the time, meet any one person, who would it be? Any one person. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, I feel like I would like to spend more time with my grandfather. Okay. He died when I was probably 11. Uh-huh. And I don't feel, and that's like such a weird age of like, I have all these memories with him, but I didn't really know him. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd want to spend just just be able to talk with him would you want to talk to him when he was older or younger older okay so the grandpa you remember yes we're talking but him. just more in depth what do you remember about your grandpa he was great he was awesome one of my most favorite people um i it's weird because i feel like i have this idealized version because my memories growing up are so sparse that i feel like i i can't remember him ever not being wonderful but I feel like there's that leaves him with like not a lot of depth as a person. Hmm. So I would let, like I don't know, just hearing like from my dad about them growing up. I'm like, you lived in Hawaii and then you moved here and you had all of these different jobs and you ran a delicatessen in Hawaii, but then you lived here and you worked for Hewlett Packard. And I feel wow. like all like the sports culture of my family of like being very hardcore 49er fans and Giants fans were very much influenced by my grandpa. So San Francisco now and San Francisco forever, forever. in your family? Okay. I don't, I don't really care about football. That wasn't the one that hooked me, but uh-huh. Giants forever. Giants forever. So you're a baseball forever. fan? Yes. Ah, it's excellent. very nice to be back in the city and be able to go to more games. So I, I came out here and uh, and because of Hunter, the Giants are my my national league team now. He's and great. Then, yeah, He's I, wonderful. Baltimore Orioles forever. American <laughs> League. I feel like you're allowed. Yeah, you're allowed. Well, it's it, we'll it, it. it's the American League again. Exactly. Like that was a, and when you're in the same division with the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Rays, <sighs> just kind of just whatever. Yeah. You just sit there and cry every year. <laughs> That's what happens. Um, I love it. But it's which favorite word? Favorite word effervescent. Ooh. That's my favorite. Why is that your favorite? I just love, it's just like bubbly. Yeah. And I also really like champagne. <laughs> so I feel like the two are always associated for me as well. What's a movie you cry out that you probably shouldn't? That I shouldn't? Yeah. Just for you feel like you shouldn't. You're a I mean, embarrassed I, to oh, Marley out. and me for sure. I feel like I should not be that attached to a fictional animal, but I 
I've only I've seen it twice. Marley and Me. For Marley people who aren't familiar with Marley and Me, can you expound on what this it's is? It's this story about a family that has a dog, and this it goes through like the whole lifespan of the dog, and it is gut wrenching for me. Like, I generally am more attached in film in general, movies, whatever, TV, um, with animals, and it like. Like, I still haven't seen the first John Wick just because I know what the storyline is based off of. You know what? Hot take. Mm -hmm. You're not missing anything. I liked the second one. I'm totally down for movies that don't kill animals. John Wick, overrated. Oh, interesting. Okay, perfect. But yeah, I feel like I should, I I feel like I should have a little bit more human compassion when it comes to things and (laughs) maybe a little bit less animal compassion. (laughs) What is best dog name? Best dog name. I'm really partial to my dog. Penny, Penny Lane. Oh, your dog's name is Penny Lane. What kind of dog is Penny Lane? She's an Australian cattle dog and lab mix. She's like 75 pounds and she just thinks that she's a tiny little lap dog and just wants to cuddle all the time. Can I be your best friend? Yes. Well, right? Like 1A to me. Okay, 1A is okay. 1A is acceptable. (laughs) I would also just like to say her best friend. Employee number two. Perfect. I love it. That's fine. Oh, Penny Lane. What a great name for a Mm -hmm. dog. Oh, my gosh. Penny Lane. uh, One of... My favorite things in the whole world is Penny Lane, but that's Love that's it. another can of worms. The Beatles and Almost Famous, two of my favorite things. Oh, oh, really? Expound. Have you seen the movie Almost oh, Famous? Yes, I love Almost Famous. Yes, I'm a sucker for all of those like manic pixie dream girl <laughs> movies between like that and Garden State. Okay, I'm just I don't know. There's something about it mm-hmm. that resonates with my soul of like, man, I like this. Yeah, <sighs> one of my favorite movies. It's great. Yeah, it's 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 spectacular. I, I first saw it, I think, when I was in college, and mm-hmm. I probably watch it at least once a year, probably yeah. more. Um, I was, I think they took it off of Netflix because uh, it was on, been on for a while. Yeah, I was I like, it it's on there. Was when it was on Netflix. I feel like I watched Just it. Watch it every, every a again. fair amount. But, so yeah. is uh, when it comes to the characters in that film, obviously a lot of interesting people to look at. Is yeah. Is it just the is it just the dream girl part of Penny Lane that drives to her? Um. Yeah, I think it's because it's. It's not necessary. What I want to be sounds bad. That's not what I mean. But it's a personal. Like I'm. I wish I was that carefree, mm-hmm. or maybe just more carefree than is I she currently really am. Carefree? <sighs> this is. This could be a whole nother separate podcast. We can talk. We can talk about almost famous all night. That movie is brilliant on about twenty different levels. Yes. I, I love it. It's it's easily my favorite camera crow movie, and that's saying something. Yeah. Um, uh, although Elizabeth Town has its own virtues. I've never seen it. Elizabeth Town, when you start watching it, you're kind of like, what, 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 what? And mm-hmm. I love the premise that this guy has, it's, it's the simple, Alec Baldwin's un, like delightfully hilarious in the two minutes he's in the movie okay. uh, as, as this billionaire. But anyway, um, Orlando Bloom has designed the world's greatest running shoe. Okay. He is the, the young wonder boy for a design company, except that he screwed up. Uh-oh. And he single-handedly destroyed the entire company and everyone's oh, wow. lives with his design flaw. And it's all going away. And he has to take the blame for a magazine interview mm-hmm. so that he can take the fall. His life is falling apart at like 26. Oh, boy. And he goes home to kill himself. Hmm. And as he's preparing to stab himself, his cell phone rings and it's his sister and his father's died. Oh, so he has to go back to the little town in Kentucky, Elizabethtown, which is near where my wife grew up. Oh, it's a real place. Yeah, it's a real place. Didn't he goes, know that. goes to E-Town, Kentucky to bury his father mm-hmm. so he can go home and kill himself afterward. Got it. So he's, he's got to take care of the arrangements so he can finish things up so he can die. Mm. It's a really neat movie. And it feels like that feeling, if you've ever been around a funeral, 
where somebody you care about has died and you've been awake for two days and you're yeah. feeling and you're punch drunk and your feelings are kind of broken and strange and the whole world's being seen through this like fuzzy filter. Mm-hmm. That movie feels like that by the end. That's a, I feel like yeah, you have to, that's a weird setup in that. I don't feel like that's a movie you can just watch any time. Like, I feel like you have to be in a certain place to watch it. No, but I do recommend it. Uh, Turn your phone off, and uh, it's good. Um, It's disguised as a rom-com, but it's not not what it is. It doesn't sound... (laughs) Yeah, it's it's an odd movie. Hmm. Uh, Kirsten Dunst makes an appearance, right? Kirsten Dunst makes a a significant appearance. That's the only... Orlando Bloom and her, the only thing is I knew about that movie. Same same guy that made Almost Famous uh, and and got but a very different direction. Some, Hmm. Some similar vibes there. The... Funeral scene is one of my all-time favorite cinematic moments. Like the memorial service they have, it mm. culminates in the. If you, if you've ever been and spent significant time in Kentucky, nothing embodies Kentucky more than that five minutes of film. <laughs> that there at the end, oh, um, it's incredible. Uh, it just. I like it because it feels like home. Mine's yeah. North Carolina in a lot of ways. Um, Interesting. Sorry, I talked a my lot. List. Asking. Yeah, no, check it's really it out. Fine. Check it out. Yeah, I remember we were playing it here. I like it a lot. Who's your first kiss? First kiss. Andrew. How was it? It's one of those like junior high like parties and you're playing spin the bottle or oh. some and not romantic because everybody's watching you. Yeah. Meh. Pretty forgettable. Did people go, ew, after it? No, it was like just oddly silent. Uh, Just quiet. (laughs) Kissing's weird, ain't it? Yeah, especially in like junior high, everything's weird. And you're like, (laughs) I don't know what's going on. (sighs) What was your your favorite subject in school? Favorite subject in school? I always really liked math. Oh, why did you like math? Math always had like a clear-cut answer, (laughs) which I appreciated. Um, So I always knew... There was like a clear path in reasoning for everything versus like history, kind of a little bit messy. You're a professional community manager. Oh, I don't know that I would tack professional <laughs> onto that <laughs> quite yet. What is your all time favorite comment section comment? My favorite comment section comment. Oh, man. Something that stands out in your memory that's just like, wow, that's amazing. Oh. This is a hard one because I feel like I it's so much easier to remember the bad ones than mm-hmm. it is to remember. Well, the sometimes good ones. the bad ones could be like when I was when I was working at IGN. Yeah. Somebody. This is one of my all time favorites for a very particular reason. Somebody called Marty a gay liberal feminist neckbeard. <laughs> it's an insult, except none of those things are pejorative. No. <laughs> like that's a, quite the string to put together. Yes, the string is like put together, but. None of these things are actually oh, really man. an insult, and they're all strung. To, it's a very strange. It's like it's one of my favorite. You? It's one of my favorite comments ever. Okay, that yeah. is funny because there's one that I do remember seeing that was. It must have been from an E3 video, and I think it must have been IGN, and it was um, Marty and Zach Ryan, and it was like, um, and they were both like in flannel and like wearing beanies and like bearded and stuff like that and they were like good to see that they hired the ho- homeless guy from down the street and i think someone else commented like which one are you talking about because they both look exactly the same <laughs> and, <it's> just- <laughs> and that just made me laugh because the i think both of them thought it was funny too of like we don't know which one of us you're talking about. Well, and when we're... Marty and Zach came to the office dressed alike, it was always a lot of fun. Oh, know, man. So, but, oh, no, I, oh, I think I actually remember the comment you're talking yeah. about there. I think it was E3 video or something. 
Cake or pie? Oh, I'm going to go pie, but only specifically banana cream pie. Yeah? If it's not banana cream pie, then I choose cake. Okay, but banana cream pie stands above all cake, which then stands above pie in general. Exactly. Okay. That's my birthday pie every year. Oh, you get a birthday pie? I get a birthday pie. Oh, you're rocking it. You're doing it right. I don't know, which is weird because I don't really like bananas themselves, but there's something about it that I just like. It's fantastic, Joey. Yes. Thank you so much for doing this. No problem. Thanks but, for having me. It's oh, been, been so a, fun. You're in a delightful interview. You, <laughs> anything, uh, anything you want to plug here at the end? Uh, any projects you want to point projects? out? projects? Kind of funny. Kind of funny games. Yeah, you, you have something to do with that. Yeah. Come hang out. We've got, I feel like we have some a little bit of something for everyone, depending on what you like. If you're more games focused, we've got some fun podcasts and Andy does a really great work with our new show called Party Mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with Kind of Funny, which is all of our non-gaming stuff, we've got some general podcasts, which you've been on for sure with the Game Over Greggy show. I love visiting. Yes. And then we are launching a cooking show in September called yeah. Cooking with Greggy. So um, that'll be really fun. Uh, that sounds great. Yeah. Uh, where do folks find you on Twitter? At Joey Noel, which is, I've been lucky enough to lock that down on pretty much everything, which makes life easy. (laughs) Nice. So are you you driving people to the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebooks? Twitter, Instagram. I don't really use my Facebook that much. I try not to. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a Twitter addict myself. Yeah, love it. So thank you so much, Joey. And thank you very much for watching, listening at all, etc. Fans, friends, friends. means a lot. Uh, you can always join us in the Pockets Full Suit Facebook group. Uh, that's where I do spend my time on Facebook. I do see those posts pop up on my feed when I go on. It's free and full of friendly people. And uh, it's amazing. It's a good place to go when you just need to know you got a pretty good chance of getting a uh, positive and thoughtful response instead of a mean and snarky one. Uh, I like that. Absolutely. So, <laughs> and uh, thank you so much. Uh, we'll see you next time. And I hope you enjoy. Bye-bye.